Hey guys, welcome to this edition of Let's Be Black with Montel. And my guests today have deep roots in their community and wholeheartedly believe in giving back. This is a husband and wife team that are proud owners of the first black cannabis dispensary in the Berkshires. She's a chiropractor, a teacher, and a mother. He's a local businessman, community advocate, and father. Heidi and Ari Zorn, welcome to Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Montel. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate your time. Yes, thank you Absolutely. very much, thank sir. Thanks for being a part of the show. Look, um, before we get into, you know, start digging deep, tell me a little bit about your backgrounds. And are you originally both from the Berkshires? Ari, you go for You want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I was actually... Uh, born in Tacoma, adopted out in Tacoma, lived in Seattle for a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm adopted to a Jewish, white Jewish family, moved our way out from Seattle to the Boston, to a, sorry, Hamden and uh, New Haven, Connecticut, made my way out to Boston and then ended up in the, in the Berkshires. Wow. That's an interesting background. And how about you? I Heidi, am an Air Force brat, actually. I uh, thank you for your service, Montel. Thank you for Thank your service you. too, family members. I, are, I grew up in. I'm sorry. I grew up in Heidelberg, Germany. Uh, my dad was in the Air Force with Seventh Weather Squadron, so I spent my time um, overseas in the 80s, and came over to the United States in '89 for college. Wow. Now, what what kind of careers were you both in before you decided to pursue a cannabis dispensary license and a cannabis career? Well, we worked close together anyway. We uh, I'm a chiropractor, and Ari was a chef, but uh, turned personal trainer, and we worked on the same property in different buildings for the last almost 20 years, myself as a chiropractor and him as a personal trainer. Okay. And I mean, how did you meet? I mean, you met clearly walking past each other. You saw each other and bingo, bango, you know, well, uh, stars burst. What happened? You know, uh, so uh, we're both fitness nuts. I, I, I especially uh, am. I've been a heavy lifter my whole life, but uh, we actually uh, met at a gym. She was working at a gym and uh, I just kept harassing her. Actually, we were comparing how red our eyes were because we were each doing about 60 to 80 hours of work um, during the week and still going to the gym. And so uh, we were comparing that. So we were always uh, hardworking individuals and we just kind of hit it off from from the day one at the gym. And had you been cannabis enthusiasts before or when did that start for each one of you? You like me to go? Um, well, you, you go know, first. I. I uh, <clears throat> used the product when I was young, when I was in high school, uh, quite honestly, to help me deal with a certain uh, deal with certain issues in this 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 world. Um, and I did stop for a long period of my time of life when I, especially when I had kids. Um, but it was actually my mother when mass legalized it, who said, "You are perfect for this." It just felt like the next progression in business for us. Um, okay. That's how I came. That's how we came about it. And how do you have yeah, you? same thing. I was just a recreational user um, in high school and college. And then when I had kids, I didn't um, use. I mean, it wasn't legal. Right. So uh, not until this opportunity kind of surfaced in 2019 that we got back into the industry and the thought of opening up our own shop. And uh, then, of course, had to uh, get back into what what kind of product was on the market, what, what was happening. So um, that's when we got kind of got back into the cannabis world. And and what was what was the application process like in Massachusetts? I say it's like childbirth. 
It was very long and arduous during it. Times of, um, you know, excitement. Every time you made a little step, like you got your host community agreement or, you know, you found the spot and you signed the lease. There were all these excited uh, periods of time, but it was three over three years during during COVID, actually. Um, and now that we went through it, it's like looking back on childbirth and saying, ah, it wasn't so bad. I, I, maybe I'll do that again. But, um, yeah. you know, some, <laughs> but maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe not. And you were a little, you were a little unique in the way that you approached it. You guys didn't go out and try to raise seed money and capital from lots of friends. You did a crowdfunding. That's thing, right. Is that right. Yeah, we had an angel investor, a friend of mine, who started us off on the right uh, foot. Um, and then from there, I just had this idea. I was walking in the woods one day, and I had this idea. How? What if I got a thousand of my? I'm sorry, a hundred of my local people to invest thousand dollars. I would have a hundred thousand dollars. How do I do that? And I just put that out into the universe. And as it came around, there was this crowdfund opportunity that uh, appeared and we decided to go for it and do it. And within eight months, uh, we raised about a hundred thousand dollars from almost about a hundred um, individuals. So I, that's, yeah. cool. I, that's great. I, and and how, go ahead. I got to say like, kudos to Heidi. Like that was absolutely like brilliant we have our community behind us and it means a lot absolutely you had a basically you had a hundred potential clients when that's, you opened the door right. Right? and local so when they drove by and if there was an issue of um, a lot of cars or if there was a line which was the this concern because theory was the first um uh, shop to open up in our town and there were lines down the street and they were parking in the wrong parking area. And so people in the, in our little community were concerned that what if that happens here? What if there's a line? What if there's a bottleneck? Um, and I wanted to say, well, half of those people are, are investors. So hopefully they're driving by going, yeah, there's a line. Let's go. That's my shop. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So. Sure. And, and how has the community received you? They're guys? fantastic. I mean, our, 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 um, Investors, they're coming through the doors. They're sending their friends through the doors. So, um, yeah, they're very supportive of us. Very, yeah. And you, 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 Heidi, I guess, have been responsible for decor and and setting up what your shop looks like. Um, tell me a little bit about it. It's called Divine Cannabis, yes. right? And it's the only it's the only dispensary in your part of the Berkshire? in our little town, which is a very small town. Um, but we're right next to New York and right next to Connecticut. We're about four miles from each one of those borders, so we bring in people from those sides. Um, and you know, the inspiration for the interior of the shop came from, um, to be blunt, smoking some weed and walking in the forest during COVID and spending some time out there and just envisioning what a beautiful space it could be and how do I bring this beautiful outdoor Berkshire environment into this space? And how can I get other people to feel what I feel in the woods when they walk into our our shop? Uh, I always said that our shop was gonna be different because of the experience when you walk through the doors. And I believe that to be true. That's what people keep saying as they come through the door. They say the vibe is just very different and the, the way it's set up and the way that they're welcome in the space, they feel very safe to come in and just have conversations about cannabis, um, about CBD, about things that they they're curious about that was scary to talk about for a while. Yeah, you. Uh, mm -hmm. We really found a way to create the environment that made everyone feel safe, feel comfortable. Um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. 
it's been amazing. A part of this that I didn't see coming was people actually walking through our shop going, oh my God, this place is beautiful. And then feeling comfortable enough to share their story and their traumas in life. And I found that to be the most incredible benefit of all of this. Absolutely. And your approach is, is not necessarily unique, but it is a little different, I will say, than most of the dispensaries that I've gone into around the country, is that you do a lot of making sure that not your employees are educated enough to be able to give education and empowerment back to the community. Absolutely. Correct? That's very key, you know, key to what we do. Um, there are, again, there, there's a big community of people that are interested in cannabis and interested in hemp and CBD, but don't really understand. And they're looking for a place to really feel like somebody's hearing them, somebody's understanding, and someone's going to give them some, you know, good advice uh, to try the product and how to get into, into it. And I feel like uh, we have a very tiny crew. There are only six employees that we have, and then myself and Ari and one, my sister, um, and everybody in the, um, in the, in our store knows the product. And we spend a lot of time getting to know the product and getting to know the companies behind the product. I'm very, you're not completely vertical, right? You're just a dispensary. Do you have a grow and a processing or do you bring in products that you, uh, from other parties and you, you actually put them shelves? We, are not a grow and we are not a manufacturer. We are only a retail dispensary. And what that allows us to do is really find um, the most amazing products. I don't have to push my own product. I can find really great products, you know, freshly baked with Jenny and Phil. Love those guys. We've got Bud House. We've got several um, small companies that we love to support. They're small like us. And we are forming real relationships with these people. And really, we're all pioneers in this industry. And it's very exciting to to really showcase these other individuals that are out there through our store and our relationship with our staff and our community and those people that we want to be partners with. Yeah, you talk about Phil and Jenny, I've got 100% disclosure that my products are in Massachusetts, and uh, they are my contract manufacturers. Um, so we're right now about 40 dispensaries in the state and we're trying to continue to grow. Um, but I've really, 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 really enjoyed the relationship I've had with them because they are, you know, a veteran owned company, a minority veteran owned company, a wounded veteran owned company. So, you know, I I think that that's what people should be doing is supporting a lot of them in this industry. Um, what have been some of your challenges in opening this, this facility? You know, From my point, when we started this, uh, we were both still working full time. Um, Once again, we had to be very crafty about how where the money came from. Uh, It was definitely uh, it was a grind. That was to me, that was the biggest obstacle. COVID played its part as well, Um, you know, delaying us from getting open at times uh, from a lack of, you know, a certain item for a building material or someone doing the driveway. But to me, that was the biggest obstacle at, at at first through most of this. I would agree. It was having three, okay. uh, you know, teenagers at home during COVID. The two of us still working in our professions, still making a living, and creating this whole other um, entity out there, and and staying positive on it, and not getting down on it, and coming up with new ideas and new ways of doing it. Um, it was as exciting as it was difficult. You know, the times. Uh, but we stuck it out and we did it and we're here and we're very excited. 
And and not to cast aspersions because every state has, believe me, I've been dealing with issues in almost every state across the country that has legalized some sort of cannabis part protocol. I mean, we're we're getting ready to go into Georgia. You know, I've got some connections and I'm doing some things in New Jersey, about to also go into um, Illinois. And every state seems to be unique in, in what their uh, impediments are to actually launching a good dispensary. What have been some of the issues that you found in Massachusetts and what could the mass government do better? I mean, I, I got a long list, but what do you think they could do better? You'd like me to go? Yeah. I'll go on that. So the first thing is how they classify social equity of the, you know, with that program of a black individual having to have a cannabis related, uh, you know, offense uh, to me. Is it just for black individuals or just for a minority women and minorities? Yes, yeah. It yes. to me was like a slap in the face uh, as if, you know, I'm black and suffered all the, all the injustices of being black in this country. Um, I do, I was not fed a silver spoon yet. I had a fight. I had a fight to even get, like get minority status. Practically had to prove that I was black. Um, which I found really interesting, kind of felt like insult on top of, uh, on top of injury, although they intended something to be, you know, to, to be the opposite. You know, I personally feel like divine is a role model for what the CCC and mass intended to happen. Got it. Got it. And what else do you think they could do to improve? I mean, I've, I've found some difficulty in, in packaging and a lot of those things. And that's 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 endemic across the entire country. Yeah. Well, once again, the banking, that's a massive deal. Banking. Yeah, banking. You know, I mean, our ATMs, our debits were shut down in mass for a, for a while. Finding the right system, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we're all cash, which didn't make us feel comfortable. But that whole the whole banking set up the whole lack of funds going to people that aren't wealthy um i mean right. those are the biggest those are the biggest you do options. feel like um a legal criminal in this in this industry uh you know with trying to get banking and and things like that also funding and that's What's still that? going on today that's still going on today or have you been able to find a bank that will at least accept we do we have a bank uh we were rejected by one bank saying that they didn't think our deposits were going to be big enough so they rejected us so um, but that's okay. We do have a bank that we're working with, um, and, and it's working out, it's working out so far. And do you intend to pursue any of the other licenses that are coming available in uh, Massachusetts? I know that there's going to be some consumption licenses given out soon. I mean, right? we have our eyes open. We've got our ears open. We don't have anything that we would talk about at this moment. Uh, you know, you, we do have the option, but I don't know if we're going to follow through on it. But in mass, we can have two more cultivate, two more retail licenses, three cultivation. But, you know, we're, we're waiting to see how it falls, how it plays out. Not going to force anything. We also see what's happening in the industry right now where, you know, all these people, these these cultivators are basically throwing product at us and dropping their prices. Yeah, I guess kind of makes us happy that we didn't step into cultivation. I would say that's the, going back to your previous question, um, a problem in the industry is that there aren't any limitations on how many licenses they're going to allow. And there are just, they just keep, just keep them coming. And I don't know what the right answer for that is, um, but it, it's going to be a problem for some people. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, I think, um, you know, uh, it's good that they are allowing for more licenses, but then they are, saturating a marketplace and 
that saturation produces too much product that brings the price down. But then on top of the price going down, right. you still got to pay the taxes. So right. it's like a vicious right. circle. Yeah. Right? yeah. So we're seeing it's going to shake out in the next couple of years, I think, and see what happens. See where see where things land. But we feel like we're positioned in a good good spot right now, physically, uh, location, and how we've uh, handled ourselves this first year. It's really positive going into um, our second year. And so your idea is not to try to expand too quickly, just like ride this out. Yeah, too too big, too fast. That's not where I want to go. Not in this industry at this point in time. Well, as we're, as we're having a conversation about the industry, though, let, let's talk a little bit more about this because now you have made a um, in a concerted effort to try to expand on educational opportunities. As a matter of fact, you have a scholarship That's program right. of some sort. Right? Yeah, it's actually you? named after our angel investor, Judith Ugalo Black, and uh, we we have um, funds available. So again, in in one of our um, it's Pittsfield is a disproportionately impacted community. That's the that's the um, little the city north of us a little bit, and that's where BCC Berkshire Community College is located. And so at BCC we have a scholarship for at least one individual um, through for their certificate program. So they run a cannabis certificate program. So we've earmarked our funds. Uh, and what is that cannabis certificate program? They they go in and get right. education on cannabis. That's right. Explain it. Yeah. And they, it's a year-long program, several different, you know, botany class, um, business management class, and then they have um, internships for, you know, a couple of weeks at the end. So it's an idea to get people in, into the industry and get some understanding of the industry before they get in. And so we thought that would be a nice way to help someone from an impacted community get through this, uh, get through a certificate program. So we offer a scholarship uh, for that. We'll, this first year, we'll start with one scholarship. And as we get bigger, we hope to add to that. And we'll see two, three. My my goal would be uh, four scholarships uh, in, a, in, a, in a school year, to be honest. Wow. Okay. I mean, I've, I've been talking about this for quite a long time, but I think that, you know, that's one of the, the disservices that this industry does to itself is that we don't spend as much time educating, 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 and not only our employees, but also yes. the consumer. Because, you know, there's a lot of information out there that uh, continues to uh, just grow on a daily basis. There's more and more and more and more and more information. And um, it seems like we don't pass that on to the consumer enough to make them understand that there is options available to them right. at dispensaries. And I know that the state law does hinder it some, but at the same time, we as an industry don't take advantage of the opportunities that we are allowed yeah. to do. Well, and I think there's so many gray areas. It's uh, especially, you know, speaking from us, what you can do, what you can't do, what's what's legal to do, what's not legal to do. Can you advertise? You can't, uh, you know, give discounts. You know, why you couldn't give a veteran a discount, I really don't understand. It seems, right. you know, yeah. illogical and illegal to me. But, you know, no discounts in Massachusetts at this time. So, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that's just, again, um, almost every state has some strange draconian law like that that stops from advertising and stops yeah. from promoting you know, I'm doing a state right now that won't even allow you to have a website. I mean, I would be crazy. Yeah. I mean, how can people right. find out yeah, information, right. right? Yeah, that's. Yeah. 
And if people wanted to find out more information from you about divineberkshires.com. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about what you offer at divineberkshires.com since you can talk about it here and we're doing it in an educational way. Do you offer everything from tinctures to smokables to dabbles to. Yeah, we've oil got oil. RSO oil, we've got distillate, we've got gummies, we've got chocolates, we've got tinctures, we've got drinks, we've got drink enhancers. Uh, we have pure CBD products, no THC. We've got low CBD, high THC. We've got high THC, no CBD. Um, we've got packs. Yeah, we got we, it all. We, yeah, uh, oral sprays. Uh, any way you want to work it, you know, we've we've found some some company that's got it, and it's really quite exciting. Yeah, good array Absolutely. of delivery systems. Yeah, sugar-free, yeah. vegan. Uh, yeah. Got it. And, you know, if you if you had the crystal ball and think about the industry, again, you're looking forward as a person who's trying to expand, possibly. Um, let's think about what do you think the industry is going to look like in a year, two years, three years, four years? What do you think? I think it's going to get pretty saturated with product. I think product's going to drop. I think a bunch of stores are going to close. I think a bunch of cultivators are going to close. Um, manufacturers might go out. Um, it's going to and then hopefully so here's the here's, here's the big discussion uh being federally legal is that a good thing or a bad thing you know who's getting oh well, well i mean I think that, that idea about federal legal i don't think we can even consider that which would be okay because who's going to come in when it's federally legal these big companies right coca-cola and they're going to take away these small companies and these because they can do things at a massive scale they know production they can they can filter that through in a half a second but um i'm hoping that I can we can create community right here right now with these companies that are you know like us small companies work hard companies and good product educating our staff educating our consumers so they come back for what they know is good and uh, and we all, yeah. we all prosper and and you know it's a it's a medicinal plant it is a medicinal plant and I think sometimes we forget that. I think people think about, oh, I'm just going to get high. But we've had stories of people come in and say, Ari, tell that story. She had a head injury. Oh, yes. This woman had a, a really bad uh, traumatic, traumatic brain injury, brain injury mm -hmm. and a car crash. And she lost a section of memory, in her words. Um, and she found this product called Endgame, Endgame mm -hmm. Cookies. Um, and she said when she smoked that product, her memory came back, you know, like wow. endless stories like that, that you almost don't believe it when you hear it. Cause it just sounds like magic. Cause that's what this, that's what this plant right. is. It's medicine. You know, it, the, the benefits are just incredible. I use it more for pain and inflammation, but yeah, there's multiple stories like that. I'm very, including your, including your story. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, people don't understand is that this plant has been around for 5,000 years, you know, that we know of. And and in that time period, no one has died from an overdose, except for somebody who may have been, there's been one case that has been associated with cannabis that we're not even sure it should have been associated with cannabis. But out of 5,000 years- our on, bodies right? have receptors. Why would our bodies not have receptors Correct. if this wasn't something that we could or should ingest or have, uh, you know, for us that our bodies know what to do with it? So I think innately we're we're really meant to have this as a medicine. 
Absolutely. But I think, you know, it's very weird because, you know, Big Pharma, I don't know if you saw this last week, the Big Pharma bought out another pharmaceutical company that was working on um, some gut issue uh, cannabis related product. And um, uh, Pfizer bought a company for about $6.7 billion. That's So Big Pharma is already getting into this now. And they are going to, at some point in time, impact the entire process, though I think that the legacy community and the you know gray market is going to always be there, just the same way it is there right now, even in Massachusetts and other places around the country right. that have a right. legal market. Yeah. You know, can I step back for a moment? Um, you'd asked a sure. question about how we see the industry going. Um, Absolutely. And I wanted to add that, um, and I've said this like from the beginning, is that what makes it, what's going to make a retail store stand out? Why do I go to your store versus someone else's store? Store And to me, it's about who you are. For example, who we are and what we rep- represent in the community. Um, our alliances with people like you, freshly baked, um, all chocolates and, and others, um, where you can only get these particular items at this store. Um, and, you know, once again, how that store looks and our whole story. And what I think more than anything, I think people need to be educated on the actual plant. So right now it feels like there's there's a lot of talk about how high, how much THC is in a plant versus the actual quality Mm -hmm. of the actual plant. Like I think it would be sun grown and organic because, you know, I'm on the environmental justice advisory chair of Massachusetts. um, And they're talking about the carbon footprint of all these inside grows. It's huge. Um, Legislation might be passed on these things in nature, you know, of saying like they might start to push towards outside grows or, you know, from the solar to this to that. But it's going to come down to that full cannabinoid profile of a plant. What type of high? Because, you know, there are those that are just want to get stoned out of their brains and there's those that will enjoy the plant. And that's the way I see it going, learning, teaching, educating people. on these but, but again, that's part that's part of the education process missing within yep. our own community. Yes. Because people out here who don't even understand that it doesn't matter what that percentage number is. Once you get above 14 or 15 percent of THC in that plant, your body only can absorb but so much. Yes. And so absorb so much at a single time. And so, you know, I think what we're doing is that we're overstating the value of the euphoria and not overstating the value of the medicinal viability of this plant. But then when you say medicinal, then all of a sudden you just jump into big pharma land. So I think that, you know, this should be a, a nutraceutical rather than a pharmaceutical and should be considered the same way that we consider vitamin C or, or uh, echinacea. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you don't need, or and you don't really don't more, or we sell CoQ10, which is a supplement. Yeah. A supplement that literally is as powerful when you talk about its interaction within the human body as cannabis is. But, you know, we've got this false narrative of why cannabis shouldn't be made legal that's been there for about now a hundred years. And, um, you know, it's going to take, you know, the legislators that are in position right now to dial off or quit or get out of office before we actually make some real solid. Headlines. And you're talking at the, at the federal level, you're talking. To the federal the level and the state level. I mean, the reason, why you, the reason why you have some of these stupid laws at the state level, some of the draconian laws at the state level is because you've got people who don't know what they're Making talking the rules. about. Act yeah, yeah. Correct. 
And until we start getting some people in there that have some experience and they'll understand it, doing some studying, listening, you know, the fact that, you know, we've got several universities across the country that you just said your community college, but, you know, from George Washington University to University of Maryland to, you know, Harvard to a lot of, until we start getting more and more of those universities on board to dispense information about the endocannabinoid system, dispense information about how it's antagonized by plant-based cannabis to help us produce more of our own, you know, endogenous cannabinoids to help work on our cellular homeostasis until things like that start hitting the mainstream. I think this is going to be an uphill battle for a while. This is for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Great. Although people are, um, the, not everybody needs so much information. If they've, if they, if they come in and they get a product, well, again, I guess it does go back to that. I, I take that back. Like my bud tenders will, if somebody comes in for a consult and my, I don't call them bud tenders. I call them concierges. Actually, if my concierge, uh, recommends a product, uh, if someone, um, really feels like this concierge understands them and understands the product how it all works sometimes doesn't matter but if it works and when it works they come back and now now they start the second time around they're like hey that worked why did that work and then you start opening up the doors to why did that work how can we talk about that i love to talk about uh high thc and terpenes as spaghetti sauce and i say that the high thc content is like your base tomato sauce, but the terpenes are all the spices that you put in it. You know, you put a bay leaf and you put some pepper and you put some salt and you put some garlic and all those things really give this more entourage effect of that, that spaghetti sauce tasting delicious, right? Yeah. However much spaghetti sauce you want to put on top, fine. That's, that's the THC, but it's those special spicy ingredients, those terpenes that you add to it that are going to really do uh, that create homeostasis in a different way, bind to different receptors, creating different effects. And that's but just, but just, but just the conversation about terpenes is something that the majority of people don't even understand. We've been studying terpenes for now 40, 50 years. It's nothing new. Terpenes exist in every plant that's on the planet. And it gives its cell, it has its own unique capabilities, has, has its own unique mm, responses within the body. And I think that, you know, from my perspective, I think that that's something that people need to start understanding when they walk in the door. Of course, you know, we we have, again, most people in, this, in the world don't even know that it's because of us, the United States of America, you know, in the early 60s and mid 60s and late 60s, we tried to grow all the secondary cannabinoids out of the plant. We tried to see if we can reduce the terpenes and tried our best to push the THC as high as we possibly could. That's the reason why we are so fixated on this these days. But now it's time to get into the reality of real time. It's 2023, it's not 1968 anymore. And now we start to look at, I mean, you ask anybody who is a legacy user who's been around for a long time. I talk to people all the time who remember using cannabis in the 1960s, late 60s, early 70s. And some will tell you that they can't remember ever or they can't find a product today that ever got them as high as the products of yesterday now that's really funny because the products of yesterday didn't have more than 12 or 13 or 14 percent thc right mm. why is that so why do we need to have 7 28 percent thc and don't even understand that that 28 and 29 percent thc isn't even going to get into your system 
It is eventually, but your endocannabinoid system can only receive but so much. You know, your CB1 connectors are only or are only going receptors are only going to receive so much THC at the same time. Though it may get inundated, once it gets inundated, it's it literally pushes back on absorption until it's ready to have more. So the bigger number doesn't make any sense. But most people don't understand that. They won't take the time to think about that. And, you know, again, it's not just the terpenes. It's the flavonoids now. We're starting to see research coming out of Australia, research coming around the world that talks about the fact that, you know, it's the flavonoids and some of the other minor cannabinoids that we haven't even identified. You know, most people think about THC and CBD, but there are so many. I mean, you know, the, the research that's out there right now on the acid version of all the cannabinoids is research that people need to understand. Because we do know that THCA, CBDA have its own place. And THCA won't make you high unless you heat it up. However, it will give you the same medicinal benefits if you consume it. You eat it. Well, really? Hmm. You know, and I think people need to start I mean, at the at the dispensary level, where it's just the contact with the public. Um, I think that's where we really need to do a better job of educating not just the people employed there, but the people who walk in the door. And even if they walk in the door saying, well, I just want to do this, I say, well, let me let you do that. But before you do, let me explain to you this. You know, I, 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 you can't buy, if I won't sell it to you until I've talked to you, you're going to have to stand there (laughs) and listen, right? And it might piss people off, okay? So maybe they go down the street and go to, but they'll only go down the street for an inferior product for so long. That's right. Again, one more time, throw out throw out the, the your digits. Where can people go if they want more? Divinebirchers.com. Follow us on Instagram, Divinebirchers. You have your own website too yep. with all the information up there? Yep. Product section? Yep. It's great. And if I had to say, what do you think is next for you and Divine, Divine, what time? Divine Berkshires? Divine Berkshires. Yeah, Divine Berkshires. What's next for you and Divine Berkshires? You know, can, I'll let you continuing answer. to uh, to really feed our feed our staff, feed our community, really get a hold of this uh, little shop that we've got going on, and really, allow, we hope that this shop's going to allow us to really actually do other things, step out into the community a little bit more, and really allow us to, you know, Ari's and he can speak about what he's doing in Blackshires and and different community organizations. But I don't know, Ari, you go. Yeah, okay. So building on what Montel just said, we plan to educate and grow. So what we just discussed, that's what we could plan on continuing to do. Will we look at possible other locations? Yes, we will. Um, I've found this to be incredible because uh, ever since this started and going through COVID, I'm vice president of an organization called Blackshares, and it's the same thing. This is a this is a black community owned platform um, where we are highlighting black businesses, teaching black how, black members in the community how to own a business, finding them all the tools to to get into business, um, affordable housing, you name it. So that's what Black Shirts is all about. Um, I'm friends with Smiley's Pond, which is all environmental conservation. It's like a one man show. It's me. I got created this nickname of the Turtle Man. Still not used to that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm on. I'm the envir- sorry, environmental justice advisory committee appointed by 
the governor of, of Massachusetts, once again, more environmental work, because to me, it's all the same. If you can't protect the planet, right, and the, the, the right. place that we grow this weed on, if we don't protect it, we have nothing. You know, and I feel it's the same amount of effort we need to put into protecting each other as people. Um, that's what that is to me what it's all about. It's what Divine's about. It's what we've created at Divine. Um, I'm, actually, I'm also Berkshire Environmental Action Team. I sit on that board once again, fighting for the environment. Um, every little Every little piece of what we do, to me, it's all one big picture from a personal trainer to a chiropractor to wellness to what you're putting in to your body. And the bottom line is, how do we make other people's lives better? And we're all about that. This is not, we did not open up this shop like, oh boy, we're going to be rich and drive beamers and have beautiful houses. We, we saw this as how can we do this and help the community while we do this and change people's lives, employ people, get them their certificates, get into the business, help change the playing ground of all this systemic racism. Sorry, I have to go back to that, but it's just the reality in our country. So it's the truth. It's true. I mean, I, I, I got to say it. Some people don't want to hear it, but that's what this is about to me. It's this journey of my life and my wife's life. And here it's led to here now and this moment. And we're going with it. And we're all about it. And, you know, that's what this is about to me. So if I'm flying into Mass next month, where, where's the address? Where do Main I go? Street, South Egremont, Mass. Okay, and I can look Divine you up on your website. Com. Thank you so Thanks, much. Montel. Thanks, guys, for being a part of the show today. I'd love to have you back sometime. Let me know how you're doing. Keep me posted on what's happening in your area. And, you know, maybe one of these times when I come up to Mass, because I come up and do dispensary business all the time, I'll drop by and see you. I don't know if you guys are carrying my product, but if you're not, we are. I'll make sure We're that we are. We're big fans, Montel. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Hey, I, Thank you. Okay. I got to say this, brother. I am so. Uh, you're a stand-up guy. I remember watching you as a little kid. I'm, you know, I was young. I'm like, who is this? There's a black man on TV doing a, yeah. a show. I'm like, I was taken back. Like, who is he? How did he do this? And then I remember yeah. how they tried to take you down with cannabis. Yeah. I, I remember this like very clearly. Yeah. Like, why are they treating this man this way? You are a stand-up guy. When I when you came to the shop, I had some nervousness about who was going to be walking through that door. I said, "Oh no, he's Hollywood." You know, I'm like, "Oh my God, we didn't get the did, what type of water does he drink?" Oh no, you're just a down-to-earth guy who has a big heart, and I really appreciate that. It's been an, it was it was really great to get to to meet you, and I hope we do more in the future. And thanks for coming out doing that pop-up. I really appreciate it. You know, as we as we introduce more uh, products in the marketplace and we get more to you, I'll come back up and do more pop-ups because I think, like you see, very to me, it's important that, you know, your consumers get an opportunity to hear from the horse's mouth. You know, I want them to understand why I created a product, what I think it can do for them, what I think that the value of it is. And I want them to understand that, you know, we're not just out here trying to take advantage of people. We're trying to make people's lives better. Absolutely. Like you know, so. Yeah. Right on. Absolutely. So thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Um, again, we'd love to have you back. So let's, uh, you know, stay in touch and let's, let's thank see you so much. Out, right? Really right. appreciate it. Thank you very much. Divine Berkshire's make sure you check it out. If you go into the mass area, make sure you also continue to check out. Let's be blunt with Montel. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me on let's be blunt with Montel. 
Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.